I feel the emotion that life conjures up, and the songs I write get me closer to my feelings in realizing who I am. Taylor Swift. Hello and welcome to episode 109 of the Turn Right Podcast, Meet Me at Midnight. Today, I want to analyze and break down Taylor Swift's latest studio album, Midnight's. Um, in specific, the 3am version, and I want to give a little reaction to all of the songs. I think it's really helpful as novel writers to understand uh, songwriters and song lyrics and how such a mastermind as Taylor Swift executes her craft. I think it can be really helpful in developing the voice of your novel and just writing better metaphors. Um, I think that's something novel writers can really learn from songwriters is the execution of metaphor and how to get your readers to really feel emotions. Taylor Swift is an expert on getting her listeners to feel a certain way. I do want to make a brief aside and say that um, some of the titles of the songs include um, swear words, so just keep that in mind if that's not something you're comfortable with. Um, You know, maybe tune out of this episode. And also, um, I am empathizing with everyone who went through the Ticketmaster situation and maybe didn't get tickets um, or who got bad seats or overpaid for their seats. I think the whole situation is ridiculous and I think both Ticketmaster and Taylor Swift need to take accountability for that. Um, I did get seats. I live in Pittsburgh, a smaller market, so it's a little bit easier to get seats where I am, but my seats aren't good. They're literally in the nosebleeds. This is the furthest way I've ever sat for a concert, and I'm pretty disappointed with them. Um, However, I do feel lucky to get the chance to go to the concert. But that's all I'll say on that. Um, I really just want to talk about the songwriting, the artistry, all of that. So let's jump into this week's episode. So the first song on the album is Lavender Haze. It's very vibey. It's pop perfection, in my opinion. Um, But it's Taylor Swift, so it's a little bit more than just a beat. There's a deeper message within the song, which I really appreciate. I really like the line, All they keep asking me is if I'm going to be your bride. The only kind of girl they see is a one night or a wife. Brilliant. Compact. Gets the message across. Um, You know, I feel like pop songs usually don't have that deep messages in them. Um, And I just like how the whole song is just this theme of being totally in love and enamored with someone. She goes on to reference the 1950s shit they expect from her. Um, And there's this prevalent um, theme throughout um, this message of love versus control. And everything is all held within this lavender haze. I think the theme is really consistent and also the sound is really different, really edgy, really vibey and this just makes this song a really strong opener for the album. Next up we have Maroon which is the grown-up version of Red. It's beautifully written, has that typical Taylor Swift touch to it, very intricate details. We can easily picture this scene Um, When the morning came, he was cleaning incense off your vinyl shelf. That evokes so many feelings inside of us. First off, it starts with action. They're cleaning up the incense. Secondly, incense is kind of vibey. It gives you this sort of magical feeling and it makes you like smell these beautiful smells. And I feel like I'm just instantly transported into this scene because Taylor Swift is engaging my senses right from the get-go. Then she hits us with this clever line, how'd we end up on the floor, you say? Your roommate's cheap-ass screw-top rosé. Love the rhyming there. Um, And it's just the perfect quintessential young 20s story of falling in love in your first apartment. Next up is Antihero. 
and this is really where the darkness begins. I think this is a very interesting lead single for Taylor. I'm honestly a little surprised she didn't use Lavender Haze. Swift touches on some sensitive subjects here like body image, depression. Um, she calls herself the bad guy. It's um, you know, very literary throughout. She's alluding to she is the antagonist. She is the problem. She is the anti-hero. Um, I love the little part where she echoes Tale as Old as Time. I think that makes the song really consistent. The song is expertly written, quickly paced. It climaxes to, I had this dream. My daughter-in-law kills me for the money. She thinks I left them in the will. That was just like, whoa, mind-blowing. The first time I heard that, my senses were like literally shocked. And my favorite line from the song is, I'll stare directly at the sun, but never in the mirror. I think that's something about Taylor Swift that makes her so successful, is each of her albums has a very distinctive feel to them, and it creates novelty for the listener. And when we have novelty, we get excited about something, we want to come back, we want to explore it, we want to immerse ourselves in it. And Taylor Swift has this undeniable ability to create novelty within all of her work. The next song is Snow on the Beach featuring Lana Del Rey. Originally, this wasn't one of my favorite songs, but this song has really grown on me. It definitely feels like you're at the beach in this song. So why does it feel that way? It's because of how Taylor engages your senses. The line, like snow on the beach, it's coming down, no sound all around. Can't you just feel that? Like, if you've ever seen snow before, which I'm sure most of us have, um, unless you've spent your whole life in a southern climate, um, you know that feeling when you look out the window at night and you see, like, this thick blanket of snow on the ground and the world is silent? Like, that's the image I get um, here. But instead of, like, looking out at the grass, like you would see in Pennsylvania, you're looking out and seeing the ocean, the beach. And it just elevates everything. It makes it a little bit more mysterious. I also like the contrast in this song. I think, again, it's pretty unexpected because um, it's like this fairy tale romance, but then she drops an F-bomb. And you know what? It works. It really does. It's, it's, again, this unexpectedness that keeps the audience on their toes. Swift continually reinvents herself and even reinvents her imagery while still staying true to some of her roots. It's an interesting tactic because I think we don't see a lot of this actually in artists. People sort of package them up the same way. What sold once, people think will sell again. Just look at like Colleen Hoover's books, Taylor Jenkins Reid's books, um, and artists like Ariana Grande. They all have very similar personas throughout their career. But Taylor Swift has built her career on reinvention, which I think... That's something that true legends do. The next song is You're On Your Own, Kid. This is my second favorite song from the album. It reminds me a lot of Springsteen's Growing Up. It's this chasing sound about growing up and what you learned with a lot of eloquent wording. And it's not something you really see in pop songs, rock songs, popular music. Um, I love the beat drop at the second verse. I love the line, from sprinkler splashes to fireplace ashes, I gave my blood, sweat, and tears for this. I hosted parties, I starved my body like I'd be saved by the perfect kiss. It's definitely a song about losing idealism, which I think is one of the main themes of the album, which I think is why, is one of the reasons why this album is so good for me, because I love this theme. It's a little bit more grown up than some of Swift's other themes in her past albums. You know, past albums were about revenge, falling in love for the first time. 
uh, speaking up for yourself. But this loss of idealism is really eloquent. I also think there's a lot of imagery about death on this album, whether it's the death of Taylor's ideals or the death of the persona of old Taylor, um, or like an actual attempt at unaliving herself. I'm not quite sure, but there's definitely that theme throughout. Um, for example, in this song, she mentions a blood-soaked gown. The next song is Midnight Rain. It's very club vibes, very edgy. I like it a lot. Um, my only critique is I wish it was a little longer. I think it's only like two and a half minutes. Um, I love how Taylor admits on this album that she's someone that puts her career first, that she's a feminist, she's a career girly. No matter how much she sings about love, Taylor puts her career first. There's no denying it. You don't make it that far in a profession like singing and songwriting if you don't put it all out on the line. Um, I think the line is really good. He wanted a bride. I was making my own name, chasing that fame. It's very powerful feminist energy that I love. Um, personally, I can't really relate to women that just want to take on someone else's last name. I'm just kind of like, why? How? What about your own identity? Um, I just don't get it. So this line here really resonates with me. Next, we have question mark. I love the ambiguity of this song. Some people say it's about Carly Kloss. I think it makes sense, but I try not to speculate too much on who songs are about. Um, I like this song because it perfectly captures, um the confusion that you feel after being in a situationship like you just don't know where to go from here um, it's blunt the lines are short which captures that feeling of confusion really well so when you're a writer don't forget that the pacing um, of your story will actually also capture the feelings so short sentences you know captures urgency long sentences captures contemplation um, the song is ambiguous and Taylor just really captures um, these feelings of this confusion within this song so eloquently. Next up is Vigilante Shit. This song is badass to say the least. Reputation was a Twilight type of revenge. Midnight is, well, a midnight revenge. It's a little bit more intense. I love the line, and she looks so pretty driving in your bends. That line, like, does something inside of me. I don't know why. It, like, makes me feral. I also like the, I don't dress for women, I don't dress for men, lately I've been dressing for revenge. This song really oozes confidence, sexiness, and darkness. The next song is Bejeweled, which is probably my third favorite song on the album. My prediction is this will be the first song of the Eras tour. I think the song is kind of similar, at least in terms of sound, to This Is Why We Can't Have Nice Things, but the lyrics are better and more mature in Bejeweled. It's very fresh, upbeat. I love the sound. Taylor comes um, in again with her feminism and says, I miss you, but I miss sparkling. And I feel like that's going to be a great opening line to the concert. And she's just going to like pause and do that all dramatically. I can just picture it right now. If you've ever been to a Taylor Swift tour, I'm sure you know what I mean. Um, the song is just definitely, again, this really fun vibe. Like you would play it um, pre-gaming with your friends before you're going out. Then we have Labyrinth. This is probably my least favorite song on the album. It's very meh, kind of slow, a skip in my opinion. There is one line that I do like, I thought the plane was going down, how'd you turn it right around? I notice a lot 
artists will use a lot of word a lot of one specific word in like their novels or their albums and really keep going back to that word and I think in this album Taylor uses a lot of imagery about planes and flights and also bride um, so I think that's that's interesting but otherwise I think the song is kind of boring uh oh I'm falling in love again that line doesn't really do much for me it's telling not showing Next, we have Karma. To be honest, I expected more from Karma when she released the track list. I think it's a little vanilla, especially compared to Vigilante shit. Um, she just kind of names random things and compares it to Karma, like Acrobat God, Cat. Um, and to me, like, that's just so random and doesn't really make sense. Taylor, you're reaching a little bit there, girl. I think the problem with this song is that it maybe lacks a little bit more of her usual, very unique, special, specific, really detailed writing in exchange for an attempt to be kind of flashier and more dramatic. Um, but for me, it just, it's just okay. Like, I don't hate this song. I don't love it. I feel like she might release it as a single. Um, so we'll see. Next up, we have Sweet Nothing. This is just another okay song for me. Um, I can't really find a meaning in this song. Again, it seems kind of random. They say the end is coming, everybody's up to something, but I find myself coming home to your sweet nothing. But then the chorus doesn't really match with the verses because the verses are just kind of like random. They're like, I'm on the way home. I wrote a poem. You say, what a mind. That happens all the time. Like, how does the end of the world compare to someone writing a poem? I'm missing the connection there. Um, there are big emotions, but I just don't think it's quite all pulled together. Then we have Mastermind. I like this song. I think it's a solid song. Not a favorite, but a solid song. I'm only cryptic and Machiavellian because I care. No one wanted to play with me as a little kid, so I've been scheming ever since. To me, it really makes sense, um, and it kind of explains some of Taylor's trauma and some of the trauma maybe that's on the album. It seems like Taylor has explored a bit of her childhood on this album, and it's coming out as sort of a loss of idealism. So I think this song is actually very cohesive with the whole theme of the album. My favorite line from the song is, I laid the groundwork and then just like clockwork, the dominoes cascaded in a line. Next, I'm going to cover the bonus song, which is only available on the Target CD, and that's Hits Different. And this is my actual absolute favorite song on the entire album. Um, I think it's epic. It just kind of reminds me of a really great mid-2000s pop rock song. I love the sound and I love the words. It sounds like it belongs on the Red album. It's very clever, fast-paced, incredible climax, incredible energy. Freedom felt like summer then on the coast. Now the sun burns my heart and the sand hurts my feelings. Great metaphor. And now I never don't cry at the bar. Yeah, my sadness is contagious. I slur your name till someone puts me in a car. I stopped receiving invitations. Just great, great lines right there. Um, I just really feel all of the tension building in the song and then it comes to the climax. I heard your key turn in the door. Is that your key in the door? Or have they come to take me away? I think this song is like this full circle picture of life defined by this relationship. Um, with a really great beat. I'm just obsessed. Um, super clever. I just will rave about this song forever if I don't stop, but <laughs> amazing song. The next song is The Great War. Um, this was kind of intriguing to me that she decided to write a song about World War One. I. I don't think it fits on the album, but I do think it's a good song. I'm just a little confused why it's on this album. I feel like it would have fit better on Evermore. Then we have Bigger Than the Whole Sky. 
Um, this song is really, really sad. It seems to be about a miscarriage, perhaps one Taylor had, or maybe her friend Claire Winter. I know that's, again, some of the speculation. Um, it's just a really sad song, and I kind of wish I never heard it because it's so sad. Then we have Paris. Taylor always has one song that kind of, like, seems like a ripoff or, like, a copy a little bit of something else. For example, on Speak Now, there was Dear John. That's a knockoff of a Nicholas Sparks novel that was out well before Taylor wrote the song Dear John. Look What You Made Me Do, that parts of that song are sampled from another song. They kind of sound like this other song. Um, and so this song, Paris, to me, just felt like a Chainsmokers ripoff. Um, the Chainsmokers have a song called Paris, and it's kind of similar phrasing and a similar idea of the song, although it doesn't necessarily sound exactly the same. Um, but that being said, I do like the lyrics. We stumble down, pretend alleyways, cheap wine, make believe it's champagne. Then we have High Infidelity. This is another one of my favorites. I really think this is a deep song. It gives me ever more vibes. You know there's many different ways you can kill the one you love. The slowest way is never giving them enough love. Do you really want to know where I was April 29th? Do I really have to tell you how he brought me back to life? Um, and to me, this was kind of like, whoa. Like, I was like, did I just hear this right? The first time I heard that, that lyric, I was really surprised about it. And it really kind of scared me because I do... 100% think that that is about her unaliving herself. I don't think that's about an image because I think if it was about an image, you would use something a lot softer instead of he brought me back to life. That seems very extreme and it seems to be about death. Taylor also always kind of clues us in on in her songs about how she's feeling about her life before she says something sometimes years later. If you look at her eating disorder, I think a lot of that was clued in with the song tied together with a smile. Um, you know, her feelings about fame in the media, I think that was clued into us on her song The Lucky One from the Red Album. So if I'm going to guesstimate, I think something may have happened and we may find out about that in the future. Again, this is purely a guess. It's purely an estimation. Um, and I wouldn't make that kind of an estimation if I didn't think there was, you know, some truth to that. Do I know for sure? Absolutely not. But I just find it really odd that, you know, from an objective sense, I don't think you would use those lines if you weren't talking about actual death. If she was talking about Scott Borchetta, maybe she would have said something like, do I really have to tell you how my hope was returned or my soul came back to life even saying like soul i think would have been more like oh this is more about ideas or feelings but like he brought me back to life that just makes me kind of pause and think about it then there's glitch i've only listened to this one a few times but i like the sound of it it's kind of different for taylor i mean like the rhyming and there really isn't too much to analyze with this one then there's would have could have should have love this song also kind of gives me ever more vibes in particular, Right Where You Left Me kind of has a very similar sound and phrasing to that song. It kind of makes me wonder if this was an Evermore cut. Um, a lot of people think this song is about John Mayer just because of the 19 line, and I would probably agree. So we have Dear Reader. In each album, Taylor kind of has this one song that teaches her listeners a lesson. On Fearless, it was Change. Reputation, it was New Year's Day. Lover, Daylight, Evermore, It's Time to Go. And on this album, it's Dear Reader. Again, this is a really sad, emotional song. Um, Taylor, I'm kind of worried about you, if I'm being honest. Especially because of this line, never take advice from someone who's falling apart. 
my fourth drink in my hand, these desperate prayers of a cursed man. I'm definitely concerned. I feel like fame might be getting to Taylor Swift. And that's really sad because I think she's held on so long to her ideals, her persona and everything. And I'm just a little concerned about her. But overall, the album was incredible. It exceeded my expectations. There's so many great songs on here and I can't stop listening to them. I hope this helped you um, from the perspective of novel writing and how action and feeling are captured within songs and how that kind of relates to really any type of writing. Next week, we'll be back with more um, literary episodes and not so much music-driven episodes, but I do always love analyzing artists like Taylor Swift and Bruce Springsteen that are such talented songwriters. Thanks for listening. As always, keep writing, keep reading, keep querying, and I'll talk to you on our next road trip.